Well, hello, family. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to uh, Colossians 4, uh, reading verses 7 through 18 uh, as we close out our series in Colossians today. Um, if you didn't know, I've, I've done this official internship before. I was the unofficial intern. Now, uh, this summer, I've been the official intern. Um, and when I was meeting with Jared uh, in May, um, uh, we were at his house probably watching uh, basketball, and he was, we were going over my, my duties, my responsibilities uh, for the summer. Uh, and then in the middle of it, he dropped it, and like, oh, yeah, you're going to preach uh, August 16th. And I was like, what? I didn't know, you know, I was like, uh, I knew I might preach, but, you know, not, you know, this soon. Um, and then he said, yeah, you're going to close out Colossians for us. And I was so excited. I'm like, you know, can't wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in this. I'm going to be so good. And then I get out to the car, and I, I go to my phone. I'm like, what? They gave me this one. And, like, they didn't want to do it, so they gave it to me. And that's how I viewed it. That's, I really viewed it as, like, this is, like, Paul just telling guys, hey, how's it going? Um, that's what I viewed it as. Um, but uh, through the summer, um, getting to, uh, to do life with these guys, uh, to do ministry with them, to see uh, what it really is to, uh, to be elders and uh, to pray for you guys um, and to really dive into Scripture and see um, that it is not just that. Um, it really grew me, and this morning, you know, I need to remind you of a few things uh, before we read. Uh, that first, it's just that, that we know Scripture is God-breathed, uh, and it is good uh, for teaching. It is truth, and I think we need to see it as that, no matter what it is. Even these passages that seem like, let's just skip over that. Let's go back to the meat of Colossians and read that, and let's skip over this. Um, but I, I want us to be reminded that uh, the Scripture is good, uh, even this, uh, that we can find truth in this. Um, and then not only this is, this is Paul talking about these, these great men of God that he does ministry with, but we also see the gospel in this, that everything, all scripture points to Jesus. Uh, Old Testament, gospels, epistles, all this points to Christ. So if we see that, we see the magnitude of it, I think. Um, and then next, I want to remind you of, that I think we need to know what the church is uh, before we go into this. Because Paul is talking about these guys he does ministry with. So it's not only a community. But this is the church. Uh, these guys coming together, this is the church. So we can't view the church as this building. Um, even though it looks great with the carpet and the walls, we can't view the church as that. We can't view the church as us coming to this building uh, on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights, we do the, uh, our time with this community. We can't view it as that. We have to see it as this body of believers. This is, this is the church. Us together um, glorifying God in, in this work we do. Uh, loving one another, uh, encouraging one another. This is the church. I think we need to see that uh, before we go any farther uh, in this. Um, and also, I think we need to be reminded to believe that. We need to see that this is grace, that we get each other. And I'll talk about that later. Um, but this is grace. This is not something we have to do. Like, you know, I have to be a part of this uh, to be a believer. I, uh, I have to do this. We get each other. So we, if we see it as that, I think we appreciate it more. Um, and then also, one thing I thought about uh, when I was reading over this is Paul talks really highly uh, of these guys. And if we're thinking that, okay, yeah, Paul, just whoever he does ministry with, he's going to talk really highly about them. He really loves everybody. If you go to, like, 1 Timothy, um, and he's talking about guys that have made shipwrecks of their faith, and he is, like, handing over those guys to Satan. Paul is not, you know, just lovable, like, I'm going to love everybody I do ministry with. He, like, rebukes Peter. Um, Peter is sitting with uh, some Gentiles. The Jews come along. Peter gets up. I wasn't sitting with them. He rebukes Peter. So Paul is not just anybody I do ministry with, come into contact with, means this much to me. These guys mean a lot to Paul, and we're going to read that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to read through it. Um, 
and then we can kind of break down uh, each of these guys and the importance uh, of what they're doing with Paul and then kind of see what that really is. It's not just guys who ministry with Paul. Like, this is the gospel. And I think we need to see that. So starting in verse 7, Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will tell you everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him, and Jesus, who is called Justice, not the Christ. This, they let him know it's Justice, not Jesus. Um, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that he may stand mature, you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Aeropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers in Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church in the Laodiceans, and see that you have also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, See that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you um, so much uh, for your word, God. Uh, thank you just the ability um, that we have to read, that it is available to us all the time, God. Um, I pray that we see it as that. We see this as grace, God, um, that we get your word every day, uh, that we don't have to um, look towards our beliefs, we don't have to look towards um, anything, anything else, God, from man, from the world, um, that we get truth right here. This is all we need, God. Um, so I pray that we see that uh, this morning uh, as, as we go through life, as we are making disciples, as we are loving each other, God. Um, and I just thank you uh, for this family um, and the ability uh, to do this work here in Monroe um, and in the world, God. Um, I pray that we are coming together as a church. We see this as family, God, and that we are really uh, doing your work here, glorifying you, making disciples. I love you, and I thank you uh, just so much uh, for this opportunity uh, and for your son uh, dying for me uh, and giving me mercy, God. I love you. Amen. All right, so uh, beginning, uh, we can talk about Tychicus. Uh, Tychicus is this guy delivering uh, this letter. He is not only delivering this letter to um, uh, Colossians, he's also Laodicea and known uh, to deliver to the church in Ephesus, but he's not only this guy who delivers letters for Paul. Like that's that's probably enough for Paul to love this guy, having to, to travel all this way uh, to do these things. But he's not only that; he also is reading this uh, letter to the church, or, there, or he's there answering questions <clears throat> about Paul uh, to this, this church in Colossae. Um, <clears throat> so the way Paul talks about him, uh, he is a beloved brother. And faithful minister. That word faithful minister, he only talks about uh, himself being a faithful minister to the gospel uh, <clears throat> and Epaphras. Um, so we see that Paul really, really loves this guy. He trusts this guy um, with his ministry, with sharing the gospel to the church of Colossae. So we see Tychicus working hard for Paul. And I don't think it's because, man, I see Paul as this great guy and I want to do all these things for him. He sees the gospel and he, he wants to do this for Paul. Um, <clears throat> so next we see um, this guy, Onesimus. And if you don't know Onesimus, uh, you can go read uh, Philemon. It's only one, one chapter. It's really short. You can go read it. Um, 
Onesimus is this bondservant uh, of Philemon. Uh, and something went down. Uh, Onesimus stole from Philemon and ran away, ran to Rome. Um, and uh, him and Philemon weren't getting along. Uh, Paul eventually writes Philemon to Philemon, obviously, um, to encourage him to accept uh, Onesimus back, in, back into his home and, and remember the gospel. Uh, and even Paul says, uh, I could, you know, force you to do this by, you know, the, the grace of the Lord, but I want you to, I want you to do this. Um, so we see Onesimus uh, has wronged Philemon, has gone to Rome, uh, is with Paul in Rome for a while, uh, but then Paul sends Onesimus back with Tychicus uh, to deliver this message. So I think this is just obviously a great picture of this forgiveness. Um, and in, in Philemon, uh, Paul talks about uh, Onesimus being formally useless uh, because he was a, a slave that stole from Philemon, uh, ran away. Um, Philemon shouldn't trust this guy. But now, because he is a brother in Christ, he is much more than a bondservant to Philemon. Uh, he, is, he says he is useful now but, but to both you and I. Um, so as we see Onesimus coming back in this community, um, Philemon is near uh, Colossians, or the, to, near the Colossians. Um, he is accepted back into this community. Um, who cares about what he did? Who who cares about what he stole from Philemon, how he ran away, uh, Onesimus is sent back. And Paul is for this guy. Uh, and Philemon talks about he is like a son to me uh, because he has accepted this gospel. Um, so we see this reconciliation with Onesimus coming back into the community of Colossae and this community accepting him, uh, not according to what he's done, but who he is now. Uh, so we need to see that. Um, this next guy, uh, I want to talk about Aristarchus. Um, when I first read this, it was like, quick, Aristarchus, my fellow Christian, greets you. I didn't think anything about it. Uh, and I got to read a little bit in Acts about who Aristarchus was. Um, first, uh, where he appears, um, uh, there in Ephesus, Paul is in Ephesus with a group of guys. Uh, he's preaching. Um, and all of a sudden, this riot breaks out because of what Paul says. Uh, you get this, people go crazy. Um, uh, and then Paul wants to be in this, the, the riot in this theater. Paul wants to be there um, with these people, and he still wants to preach to them. But the disciples, they take Paul out. They say, no, you know, we don't need you to be in there. But Aristarchus um, stays and gets beat up for Paul. Like, gets beat up, taken to prison for Paul. Um, and there's this picture of, of Aristarchus, you know, giving all this to Paul. And then, again, um, Paul is, is, is being taken to Rome, Rome on this ship um, to be tried uh, as he, he plead, pleaded before Caesar. He's being taken to Rome, and Aristarchus gets on the ship with Paul. Like, just he says he's there uh, when Luke writes about it in Acts. Aristarchus is there with Paul. Aristarchus doesn't have to go to Rome. He can stay there and not get beat up for Paul. He can stay there, but he goes with Paul. And eventually, there's a storm, there's a shipwreck, and Aristarchus goes through all of this. Um, so let's see that I mean, Aristarchus is giving his life for this guy. And like, again, not because Paul is this great guy, he's so nice, and I want to do everything for him. But Aristarchus sees the gospel. He understands the gospel. understands that it is not about his comfort, that he wants to be a protector. I think we need to see that. Aristarchus is this protector uh, of Paul. He is there for Paul. And then next, um, we see Mark, John Mark, the same Mark uh, who wrote uh, the gospel of Mark. Um, If we look in Acts Acts 13, uh, we see Mark uh, on this journey with Paul. um, And all of a sudden, in 13, it just says Mark departs from them. Uh, lead not like departing into the world and worldly pleasures, but he just leaves. He goes back home. We don't know why, um, but Mark just leaves. And uh, we later on find out that, that Paul is hurt by that. He's kind of offended by that uh, because Mark's cousin, Barnabas, 
um, in Acts 15, uh, wants to take Barnabas on this next journey with Paul uh, and Barnabas. And Paul's like, no, I'm not taking him. He left us. We're not, we're not taking him. Um, and this creates this argument with Paul and Barnabas, and they split. Paul takes Silas on his journey, and Mark, uh, and Mark and Barnabas go somewhere else. And, uh, but here we see, I mean, Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you receive instructions, if he comes, welcome him. Um, so it's, it's debated on what he's talking about there with these, these instructions. Um, but if we take it into the context of what happened uh, in this Acts 13, um, Mark may have developed this rep, uh, reputation of, I'm just going to leave eventually, uh, so don't you know, really welcome me. Um, but Paul, see, he's, he's forgotten about that. He's, he understands the gospel, and he's forgiven Mark uh, for departing from them. And he sees him as brother in Christ. Um, and there's this, again, like Onesimus, reconciliation uh, with Paul and Mark. Um, so next, uh, I'm going to jump down to Epaphras. And Epaphras, uh, he's talked about in uh, chapter 1, uh, quickly, Epaphras, if you don't know, uh, is this guy who has planted uh, this church in Colossae. Um, he heard uh, the gospel from Paul, goes back to Colossae. So Paul has, didn't plant this church. Paul has never met this church yet. He uh, goes back to Colossae uh, and plants this church. And then suddenly uh, the church in Colossae um, uh, hears a lot of false teachers and they start believing that. Uh, Paphras doesn't know what to do, so he goes to Rome, to Paul, um, is in prison with Paul, and, uh, and asks Paul to write the Colossians uh, and, and just help him out. So uh, Epaphras, this, this guy, and it says, uh, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you, and for those in Laodicea and Hermopolis. So it's not only this church in Colossae, but in this, this community in Laodicea and Hermopolis, uh, Paphras is working hard for these guys. Um, and, and out of context, I mean, this um, Epaphras playing this church and then, you know, maybe being upset that they're, um, they're going after these false teachers, leaving them. Um, Paul is, like, letting them know that Paphras didn't, didn't leave you because, just because you don't want to believe in what he was preaching. Um, he left you to get help for you because he loves you, and he's struggling for you every day uh, for your, in, in his prayers. So, um, so Paul is, is speaking well of Paphras to uh, the church of Colossians. So I think we need to see this, that the, and, and this is a picture of the church, this community that Paul has. Um, are we struggling for one another like in, in our prayers? Um, the elders and I, we, uh, we have a, a group message, and, and every day uh, one of them starts off uh, a prayer um, for you know, multiple people, multiple things that we're dealing with, or just a single one of you. Um, and so are we doing that? And I'm, I'm, and I'm, I've talked about this in uh, our Miss Community time. That's one thing I struggle with a lot is prayer in general, but also making time to pray for my brother and sister in Christ and remembering uh, things these guys go through. Um, so, but are we doing that? We need to see that Paphras is doing this. He's struggling. Uh, the only time that that word in Greek struggling is used in the Bible is three other times in Revelation is talking about this pain uh, and like gnashing of teeth kind of pain. So Epaphras is in pain uh, for these people in Colossae. That's how much love he has for them. We need to see that. Um, next we can talk about uh, Luke, um, same Luke who wrote Luke, who wrote Acts. Um, Luke the beloved physician greets you. Um, 
And that's, that's so short, but I think we can take from that is um, some guys talk about uh, whether or not Luke was there with Paul because Paul needed a lot of help uh, with medical stuff. Um, he's getting beat up all the time. He's getting stoned. He's getting thrown into prison. Was Luke there to help him? Um, yes, maybe, but also we see that he's a beloved physician. Um, Luke has given up this uh, career being a physician to just be with Paul. Uh, in Acts, we see he's, he's there writing Acts, and, and here he's, he's with Paul, being a comfort to him. Um, so we see that Luke is also working hard for Paul, giving up this comfort that he has, uh, being a physician, making this money, uh, and knowing what's comfortable to him uh, to be with Paul. Uh, so let's, let's see that also. Um, and then quickly, uh, Demas, um, he, he mentions Demas very, very short, uh, but later on in, in 1 Timothy, we see Demas uh, leaving Paul, uh, and not like Mark left Paul, leave Paul because he loved the things of the world. Um, and I think we can, we can see that as in this family, people are going to leave. Um, and it's going to, and a lot of times it's going to be good. It's going to be multiplication we talk about. We want that. We want Courtney and Nick to go over to Shreveport and, and, and to flourish over there and to meet a gospel community over there. But a lot of times it's going to be people who, who deal with sin, who, who don't take church discipline as love. They take it as criticism. And people are going to leave. And it's going to really hurt. Um, but I think what we can see there, as Demas later on, he's, he's in this ministry. He's, Paul's mentioning him with these guys. But later on he leaves. Um, like, what are we doing to prevent this? A lot of times we talk about um, these, these pastors, these well-known pastors dealing with affairs. Uh, and, I'm, and I think used to maybe I was like, yeah, of course, everybody deals with sexual sin. But I'm thinking about us. Um, this family and the, even these elders, how tight knit they are. How does that happen? How does how do you get that far off? If you have this this body of believers you're doing life with, if like we're doing DNA, me and Brendan and Adam, if we're doing DNA right. Um, if we're meeting in groups as, as rightly and uh, we're praying for one another, and we're always talking about our sin, confessing our sin to one another. How does that happen? And, and it doesn't. That's that's it. I just think about how crazy it would be if Jared Kendrick Scott came and was like, guys, I gotta let you know, like this happened. It, it wouldn't happen because we're, they're meeting every day. I mean, they're, they're talking every day. They're meeting every week. That just doesn't happen. Um, so not saying that, man, Paul, you messed up on Demas. Um, I can't say that to Paul, but why, why did he love the things of the world? Why did he know this gospel and totally forget it and go for something that's not going to satisfy him? So let's see that. Let's, let's see that this DNA, whatever we're, we're doing, meeting with other believers, um, that is good. And we need to love one another. We need to confess our sin to one another and call each other out uh, when there is sin, not believing that it's criticism. We're going to hurt anyone's feelings, but that is love, and we do not want each other to be taken away from the world, taken away from our, our fleshly desire. Um, so next, we uh, quickly, we can see uh, Paul talking about the, the church in Laodicea. Uh, he says, Give my greetings to the brothers in Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. House churches were a thing, especially in this area, uh, Philemon, he had a, a, a church in his house. And guys talk about whether it was uh, a separate church or maybe a group from the, the bigger church. Uh, so maybe there's a church, uh, a group in Laodicea uh, meeting together, and this, this church in, uh, in Nympha's house uh, is just a group just like we would do um, on Wednesday nights. We go to Kendrick and Amelia's house and meet there. So maybe it's like that. Um, the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. I see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. Um, so quickly with this, uh, what I saw was um, why 
Why is Paul um, asking the Colossians to give his greetings to the brothers in Laodicea? Paul is writing a letter to the Laodiceans. He says it. Read the letter from Laodicea. So why is he telling this church in Colossae, okay, greet them for me and, and fellowship with them? That's it. Um, I think Paul sees the importance of it's not just these, these separate bodies worshiping together. It's just we are the church as one. So let's remember that. Uh, and a lot of times what, uh, what I had to struggle with early on uh, as we planted this church was this, this pride that I built up like that, yes, we're right and no one else is, is right. I had to get over that and realize that this, this community of believers, we're the church. Um, so let's not, let's not have that boastful pride that we're right and this church does this wrong, this church does this wrong, and everybody has this stuff. If there's heresy, let's, let's address that. But a lot of times it's just you're not doing the same thing we're doing, so you're wrong. So I'm not going to fellowship with you. I'm not going to do life with you. I'm not going to love you like I do with this family, like I do my, my real friends. Um, so I think we should see that, that not only we're loving each other, uh, that we're, we're pressing into one another, that we're not only going out into Monroe and wanting lost people. Um, to, we want to meet them. We want to make disciples of them. But also let's remember these other bodies of believers in Monroe um, and not forget about this and not push them off as a, okay, they're good. Um, uh, they, they don't need any love from me. Um, let's remember these other believers. And, and Paul talking about the church in Colossae and, and Laodicea, fellowshipping with each other, uh, not being separate. Um, uh, and then last, just a quick thing, uh, Archippus. Uh, I just didn't want to leave him out. Um, yeah, tells, uh, Paul says to him, see that you fulfill the ministry uh, that you have received in the Lord. It's not not very clear uh, what Paul is talking about because he doesn't give us any other anything about that. Some said that it's uh, maybe Onesimus uh, was Archippus's uh, bond servant because Archippus was Philemon's uh, son. Um, and then when the Onesimus coming back into the community, he says, "Okay, Archippus, get ready for this and, and be ready for this." But I don't think it's that. Uh, later on in Revelations three, that's going way back. Um, we see uh, the church in Laodicea being the church that is neither neither cold nor hot. They're the ones that are lukewarm and God spits them out. So maybe Paul is, um, this is what he's referring to, is he sees this growing Archippus, and he, he's warning him about this. And, and Archippus being the pastor uh, of the church in Laodicea, um, warning him about this lukewarmness that's happening, um, and the fulfilling the ministry of you receiving the Lord. So let's, let's see that also, that let's not be this lukewarm body of believers who's okay with what we're doing here, on Sunday mornings, what we're doing uh, as we meet as mission communities. Let's not be okay with just that. Let's remember this gospel. Um, let's remember that the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. And let's go tell the people uh, of Monday, these lost people uh, that don't know him. So let's not get stuck in this lukewarmness. So, so after seeing all of this, uh, talking about the specifics uh, of each one of these guys, some of these guys, um, we not. I, th- I don't think we only want to see okay, Paul and these guys are doing it, um, so let's do it. We can do that because Scripture is God-breathed and it is good for teaching, like I said before. Um, but let's also see the gospel in this. Um, so I have just like a couple points, and it, I didn't mean it to happen, but it is, I mean, this is the Trinity talking about this, um, uh, the Son first and the Spirit and then the Father uh, and how this works into this. Uh, and these, these separate guys and, and, and the affections Paul has for these guys. This is the gospel. Um, so first, um, talking about this, this work that Christ does for us. 
like Christ struggles for us uh, in his life. Um, and let's see that. So, um, so like Tychicus, um, traveling, taking this leather, le- leather letter, uh, Epaphras struggling in prayer uh, and pain for these people in Colossae, uh, Aristarchus uh, getting beat up for Paul, um, getting shipwrecked with Paul, um, and Luke always being there with Paul, even though he has this other comfort. Um, Christ does that for us. Christ struggles for us. Um, so we see that uh, in, in uh, John 17, uh, was, uh, right before Jesus is taken. Um, so 17, 20 to 23, uh, you can turn there if you want to. Uh, is, this is just Christ praying uh, to the Father um, before he, he knows he's being taken. Um, and he says, uh, I do not ask for these, these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. This is us. Um, they will be, all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, I in you. They also me, may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. They may be one, even as we are one. I and them, you and me, they become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved me, uh, love them even as you have loved me. Um, so this is not only Jesus struggling for us, and we talk about um, you know Jesus pouring blood out of his forehead because he's struggling so hard for us. He's praying not only for these people he's doing ministry with right then, these people that are in his life right then, but also for these people that are going to come to know him. So this is us. So he's not only struggling for us, but he's also praying for us to be one, to be this church. Um, this be this body of believers. So we see Jesus praying for us, uh, just as Epaphras has done. Um, and he died for us. And not only died for us, he, he hung on this cross, um, was beaten for us, and died in this cruel way for us. So he, this is the, the biggest struggle. Um, and he did this because he loves us. Not anything we did um, deserved that kind of punishment. Uh, well, we deserve punishment. He didn't deserve that punishment. Um, uh, but he does this for us because he loves us. He is, he is working for us. Um, he struggles for us on the cross. Um, and also, not just that, he rises uh, and he, he ascends into heaven with his Father. Uh, and he gives us the Holy Spirit. He's working for us. Um, uh, and I think we need to see that. Um, and so if in this, Christ makes us worth it. Um, and not, not that because we deserve it, not because we're already worth it. But Christ says we're worth it. Um, I sin every day. We sin every day. And I'm not worth this, this saving. I'm not worth Jesus struggling for me. I'm not worth anyone praying for me. Um, but Christ says we're worth it. He says we're adopted by him. We're heirs with him. So that is true because he says it. Um, so, so seeing this, seeing the gospel, um, what do we do now? We, we know that we're worth it now. Uh, even though we're not, we know that we're worth it. So what do we do now with each other, uh, with unbelievers? Um, so now we work hard for each other. Um, and in, in times of other people struggling uh, with sin, with uh, other things, um, we care about one another in these times. We are always praying for one another. Um, so we know that. We all know this. We all know that we're family and we need to do this. But a lot of times we don't believe it. Um, and we don't see it all the time because... Sin comes in, this pride comes in, and says that we're the center of everything, um, and that no one else really matters that much. Um, and uh, Kendrick told me uh, a while back when I was preparing the sermon, 
uh, he's like, always save applications for later. And I really did. I had no applications till last night. It was weird. Um, uh, but last night, uh, I was preparing. I was not preparing. I was reading over a lot of this stuff. And I remember I got to uh, this part of Epaphras, and I was uh, looking at other things in, uh, on Epaphras and just seeing his love for the church in Colossae and that, that he, even in prison with Paul, he's still struggling for his people in prayer. Like, he loves them that much. Um, and as I was reading this, as I was going through, um, like, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this in the church? Brendan texts me and uh, says, hey, man, you want to meet at Cain's real quick? And I'm, my first thought was, like, do you know what tomorrow is, Brendan? Of course I can't meet you at Cain's. I'm, like, I'm studying right now. Um, so instantly, even as I'm reading this, instantly I don't believe it. I don't see uh, Brendan and eventually Joseph came. I don't see these guys that I'm doing ministry with as that important as me preparing this you know, great sermon that I'm doing. Um, but I, I got to see that um, and see, and even though we got to hang out a little bit, he had to go back for a curfew, and then me and Joseph got to talk a little bit. Um, but even in these simple, small things, I see that this family is much more important than I am. And, and I, I think we need to see that together, not just this family, but this church of believers um, is so much, so much more important than we are. Um, so then, um, so he ascends and he gives us the spirit. Um, and uh, Paul mentions a lot. Let's see. Um, you, you may know who we are. That he may encourage your hearts. Um, if Mark comes, you welcome him. Uh, these are my f- uh, fellow workers of the kingdom. They've been a comfort to me. Uh, Luke is a physician. Maybe he's helping Paul. He's a comfort to him. Uh, so we see these guys as a comfort, as an encouragement to Paul, as an co- encouragement to one another. Um, so are we doing that for one another? Um, so as Christ ascends, he, he gives us the spirit. And I don't think the, the spirit, like, I don't think we need to think of it as, yeah, the spirit is encouraging me, telling me, I can, like, you can do it, you can do it all day. Um, but because of what he is, uh, the spirit inside of us, that should be an encouragement for us. That should be a comfort uh, and give us confidence to do anything. Um, so because of the gospel, we get the spirit. Uh, and with the spirit, we are able to overcome sin and proclaim the gospel. I think those are two huge points that because of this, um, I should be encouraged that I can overcome any sin um, and that I can proclaim the gospel, whether it's from a, this pulpit to a body of believers uh, or to someone I meet uh, at school someday. I can proclaim this gospel because of the Spirit. So I should be encouraged by that, not discouraged um, because um, of, of what I like uh, and because of my flesh. Um, so the Holy Spirit also reminds us of the gospel. I think this is a big point goes to John uh, chapter 14, uh, verse 26. Um, it said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. Um, so we see that um, though Jesus was uh, with the disciples all this time, um, that you're going to tend to forget things. So the Holy Spirit is going to come to you. He's going to give you power to overcome sin. He's going to give you power uh, to proclaim the gospel, but he's also going to remind you of the gospel every day. Um, so I think we need to see this with each, with each other. Um, and, this, and we talk about this idea of a lot, of reminding each other of the gospel, whatever that looks like. Um, so let's, let's proclaim the gospel to one another uh, and to non-believers, encouraging one another, uh, not only with these nice words. I think we need to do better at that. I was talking to Adam about that. He needs to do better at that with me because he's mean to me a lot. But I'm just kidding. Um, so not only with these nice words of, these empty words of, I'm like, man, you know, that's a nice shirt today. You can say that to people, but um, are we only doing that, these empty things that we just want to make people feel good, 
but are we pressing into one another, really encouraging one another, uh, and remembering the gospel when we don't believe it? Um, that needs to happen. Um, uh, also, uh, I just took a trip to Nashville, and uh, I didn't like know it was a big deal uh, until Chandler posted a picture about it. Uh, she says that I was always thumping her when she was uh, being mean to her sister, um, and not remembering that she's received grace. So she, we, we need to show other people grace. Um, and not boasting about me because I failed too, Anna, and she gets to remind me uh, when I'm uh, prideful, when I uh, worry about what people think of me. Like she says, she doesn't struggle with that, so she's uh, available to remind me. I don't know, do you? I don't think you do. Not as much as me, but she's available to remind me that my worth is in Christ, that I don't need to seek um, this approval of anyone else. Um, so we're, we're, because we, we're doing life together and we're able to do that with one another, um, but are we all close enough to do that? Um, I mean, me and Brendan and, and Adam uh, talk a lot, but a lot of times I worry about, man, are they going to think that I'm calling them out like too harshly? And, even, and I've talked about with these, uh, these elders, like who am I you know, to, to call them out? But if we see it as that, we're never going to go anywhere uh, with each other. Like, do we love each other enough to call one another out um, and to really remind each other of the gospel every day um, that because God was gracious to me that I need to be gracious to everyone else no matter what they do to me no matter who they are uh, where they come from I need to be gracious to them and reminding that um, it is not me up to me to prove myself uh, to anyone that God has called me his own and that's all I need so are we doing that with another we need to uh, Paul has it here these are in, in, encouragements to one another um, so lastly um, so we have uh, what Christ does. He struggles for us, the Spirit, um, and what he does. We are encouraged by the Spirit, and we may confident in that. Uh, but also, um, this is big, and we see this just a couple times in this passage, um, that because Christ takes our place uh, on the cross, that, that we deserve that death, we deserve punishment, because Christ does that, um, God forgives us. He can forgive us because Christ does that. Um, he no longer sees this, this sin, uh, this filthy, nasty sin that deserves hell, he sees Christ covering us. Um, so God is um, he's able to forgive us because of Christ. Um, so we can go to uh, Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10. This is just uh, a great passage um, for this, for this gospel. Um, so we can see what we deserve, um, and how great God's mercy is. So starting in verse 1, um, and I think, yeah, uh, Scott read it. We're going to read it again. Um, you were dead in, in trespasses of sin, in sin, in which you, were, you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, uh, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom all, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, um, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love uh, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised up with him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, um, so that in coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, it is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man may boast. Um, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, uh, which God prepared beforehand 
that we should walk in them. So we see this. We see that we are children of wrath. We are enemies of God. Uh, we are dead in our sins, not able to do anything. And he saves us, not according to anything we did. Uh, he saves us from hell, from what we deserve. Um, but it doesn't stop there. Um, um, so we, we should, um, because of Christ uh, forgiving us, we should forgive one another. No matter what hurt uh, we, we, we inflict on one another that we get from other people, um, seeing that this hurt is nothing uh, compared to the, the future glory that we have with Jesus, we should forgive one another, but it doesn't stop there. We don't, we don't only get mercy. We also get grace. And like, this is the best part ever, like this future glory, um, this new earth. We get that. Um, and I was like, listen to things last night. Like, we get life. We get to live every day, wake up and breathe. Um, we get food, great food, and like the ability that we don't have to do like photosynthesis to get energy. Like we get to eat and rest and like sleep, take naps. Um, this is all gifts from God, no matter how simple they're all gifts uh, to us. Um, also, get basketball. Like, I get to watch basketball uh, on TV, on live, go to high school games. And when it's not basketball season, I get to play basketball. Like this is all gifts. We get music, um, and great music, and we also we get to be with Jesus forever as we inhabit new earth together uh, as this this body, as family. We get this. So we don't. Only, he not only takes us away from what we deserve, um, this wrath. Um, because we sin, but he also gives us what we don't deserve. We don't deserve any of this. We don't deserve uh, eternal life. We don't deserve waking up every day, but he gives it to us uh, because of grace. Um, so to close out, I don't only, I don't think we only need to look um, at that, at this, this big picture of grace um, that we get future, uh, this, this future hope in, in new earth. Let's see that. Let's be reminded of that every day when, when stuff really hurts Let's be reminded that that's, that's going to be so much better. But let's not stop there. Let's remember, like I said before, that what we have right now in the church is grace. Like This is grace that we get each other. Let's not see it as, um, you know, this is a thing that I have to do. I have to put up with all these people. Um, we get each other uh, uh, for a lot of things. Um, and Wayne Gruden in uh, his Systematic Theology talks about the means of grace. Uh, he defines it, the means of grace are any activities within the fellowship of the church that God uses to give more grace to Christians. And he gives a list. He even gives you a list of, of what this means, of examples that we get in the church. Uh, so he says, teaching the word, uh, baptism, communion, prayer for one another, worship, and even church discipline and giving, that's also grace, spiritual gifts, fellowship, evangelism, uh, and personal ministry to individuals. So we see that in the church, that this is not something that, we have to do. This is not even something that, you know, is, is, is obliged to us. We get this. This is grace. We get one another uh, to do this work. Um, so, so we see in this passage in Colossians that, that Paul is not doing ministry alone, uh, that, he is, that he's not even writing these things alone. He is, he is chained. Um, he is under house arrest, and he's not chained to a wall. He's chained to a, a Roman guard. So he's not even writing this alone. He, he has helpers that are doing this for him. Um, so let's see that um, we can't do this alone. And not only um, our personal sin, we can't deal with that alone. We need to confess. Not only that, that Monroe is not going to be reached uh, if we're thinking about doing this alone. Um, and I think that urgency needs to happen in us, um, that we need to see that uh, and see one another as this family, as is even deeper 
than like this blood relation. Like I'm grateful that my family's here today also. If you haven't met him, you can. Um, but my relationship with them goes so much deeper than just them being my mom and dad um, that I get to enjoy heaven with them. I get to enjoy new earth with them forever. And that happens with all of us. Like we're all closer than blood relation. So I think we need to see that. Um, and, I, and I think we're, we're growing as a church um, in that, uh, that I, I'm, I'm getting to know uh, a lot of you uh, every day. Um, but even the guys that I'm closest with, I'm not calling that on sin. I'm not uh, praying for them every day. So, like, that needs to happen. We see Paul and his, his brothers that he's doing ministry with. That's happening with them. Um, so why is it happening with us? Uh, so kind of to close out, uh, I want to read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Um, and this is talking about these, this is talking about the church and, and uh, these gifts in the church um, that allow them to do work. Uh, so in verse 11 he says, uh, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ uh, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of, God, of Christ, so that we may no, no longer be children to and fro, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried out by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, uh, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, head into Christ, uh, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint uh, with which is, it is equipped, uh, with each part is working properly, makes the whole body grow so that it builds up itself in love. Uh, so church, so family, we, need to, we, we have to see this. And we have to uh, grow together. Um, and then when we get to that, let's, let's go out and let's show the same love that we experienced together to Monroe uh, and then to the ends of the earth. Um, so I think uh, in this passage in Colossians, uh, after this whole book, after this whole letter that Paul writes, um, he says all these things and he, he talks about the preeminence of Christ and, and how great this is uh, and these things that you can do um, and, and, and how a father and how a husband and how a mother, a wife, masters and bondservants should act. Like, this is all it, but how do we do this? This is with the church. This is how we do this. Um, so I think we need to grow more together, not only with one another, but as believers. Let's grow together. Let's press into one another always struggling and praying for one another, forgiving one another um, in everything. Uh, so let's pray. Father, I thank you um, once again for your grace, God, for this big picture of grace um, that we get to see uh, of your son uh, dying for us um, and giving us new life in you. Um, and even these little things, God, um, that we take for granted often, God. Um, but God, I also pray that we can begin to see uh, this body, the church, this family, as grace, as this gift that we don't deserve, God. Um, that we can stop treating it as something we have to do because um, we're believers, God. That we treat it as um, because you loved us, you've given us this. Um, and we realize that we need this. We need this family um, to glorify you and uh, to make disciples, God. So, God, I, I pray for this family, God. I pray for other churches uh, around us that we're believing this, that we're believing the gospel uh, every day. Um, and they're not, we're, we're not becoming these lukewarm Christians that 
um, treat the church as something we do on Sunday morning, treat it as a building uh, that we come to, God. Uh, but the, the area of Monroe, West Monroe, God, uh, will be saturated by the gospel in every way, God. Um, that these people, uh, these, these believers in Monroe, uh, will see the urgency um, of the gospel uh, in these, these non-believers in the area uh, and people that, uh, uh, that are a part of the church that, that aren't really believing the gospel, God. Let's, um, let's do life with them, God. Um, let's glorify you by making disciples. I love you, and I thank you so much um, for your grace uh, and for this family, God, um, and for your son. Uh, be with us as we continue this mission. Uh, we love you, and I thank you so much. Amen.